0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And away we go. It is buy low time on Fantasy NBA Today. A specialty episode that I thought would be kind of fun because last time I think we did both buy lows and sell highs at the same time. It felt like we were jamming in a lot of stuff. So I've split them up. And I also figured out by doing a poll that people seem to like buy lows more than sell highs. I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's that there's uh, more agreement on sell highs. And with buy lows, the disagreement is sort of staggered in that people don't know exactly how low they're going to buy somebody or how to determine what they're going to get to. And so my hope is that we can actually hit on all of that. In today's show, which, again, chat room is open, but I'm probably not going to be doing questions. This is going to be me lecturing at you. We've got, I believe, five players, question mark, that we're going to be covering today as my buy lows for week four. And without further ado, well, actually, one more little ado, one minor ado. I am at Dan Vespers on social media. I am Dan Vespers and this is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation at SportsEthos.com. Ethos Fantasy BK to get your NBA fantasy news over on the Twitters. Ethos Fantasy BK. Again, I am at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Come find me there. Make sure to like, subscribe, and enjoy all of our stuff here, either on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, whatever podcast channels you might get it in. Let's rock. By Lowe's for week four. Player number one, and let's just jump right in. And we're going basically in terms of ADP, by the way. I've organized them by where people expected them to be. Jaron Jackson Jr. We talked a little bit about him on the regular episode of Fantasy NBA Today, because right now he is currently the number 46th player in nine category leagues. With 20.5 points, 1.6 three-pointers, 6.5 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 0.4 steals, I say again, 0.4 steals, and 1.8 blocks, I say again. 1.9 turnovers also in the books, uh, but that is not a big deal. Here's the thing. JJJ has been in the NBA for more than half a decade now, and he has never averaged fewer than 0.7 steals per game in his NBA career, at least since he's been playing uh, closer to starters' minutes. And this includes, by the way, the 2020-2021 uh, season where he played a grand total of 11 ball games and only averaged 23 and a half minutes in those ramp-up games. Even then, he was at 1.1. Last year, 1.0. Year before that, 0.9. Going farther back, 0.7. Going farther back than that, all the way to 2018, 0.9. So that's thing number one for JJJ. There's almost no way the steals stay as low as they have been. Blocks, also low at just 1.8. Now, this is not the craziest thing for him, but it is a little bit crazy because he's playing the greatest number of minutes he's ever played, and yet blocks have taken a dive. I don't know that we could expect last year to be replicated. He blocked three shots a game in 28 minutes a night. He's at 31 and a half minutes right now. But the year before that, he was at 2.3 blocks in 27 minutes. And basically, anytime he's been healthy, he's blocked around the number of shots we're looking at right now. Uh, and And his bigger problem earlier in his career was foul trouble. He was at 1.6 blocks per game, but he was constantly in and out of foul trouble. And that was in 28 minutes. So let's say 1.8 sticks. Which I don't think it does. I think it trends up. But let's just say conservatively, 1.8 blocks is where it stands. He's also down to 46.5% shooting because his three-pointer has gone back down a little bit. He's under his career mark. Free throws are around where you'd expect. So why then is JJJ a buy low? Well... Here's the thing. All he has to do is fix the steals alone, adding another 0.6 or so steals per ball game, And he moves from the 40s probably into the 30s. If he adds any blocks beyond that up to in the low twos, that probably gets him into the 20s. And now you're talking about a guy who's really all, not all that far off where he was last year, which again was basically because of the block shots. We need to be clear about that. There's no guarantee that JJJ gets back to top 12. It would take him getting pretty close to three blocks per game to get to that point, or getting his field goal percent back up over 50, but it always felt a little bit like the better shooting was more anomalous than the other stuff. Assists are up, scoring is up, rebounds are about the same because minutes are up. That's generally a good thing. So let's say that we assume JJJ can get into the 20s, and I put on the YouTube screen that my target is 20 or higher but 20 is the target what is it going to take to get him that to me is one of the biggest questions in these buy low type shows because people you can come on and you can say hey here's a buy low target then people are like what the hell am I supposed to do with that I don't know what to do with it I believe that right now there's enough fear around JJJ's low block number that you might be able to get him for someone in the 30s I may be wrong about that, but he ended up getting drafted in the early 20s in a lot of drafts, and so early 30s is not all that far off where he was drafted, meaning whoever took him wouldn't be feeling like they're taking that large of a hit. So someone like a Miles Turner, who's a similar player, probably doesn't quite get it done. Uh, mostly because his stats are almost the same across the board, other than a better field goal percent than JJJ. Right, Like, that's the big difference between those two guys. And Miles is 28. So, like, you can see all it takes to get Jaron Jackson into the mid-20s. That's without adding the extra uh, half a steal. Someone like DeJounte Murray might get it done. He's currently number 30 on a per-game basis this season. He probably doesn't go all that much higher than that, although... Tonight with Trey Young out, that may be a possibility for him to go a little bit sooner. DeJounte might get it done. Um, If you've decided you don't want to punt field goals, LaMelo Ball might get it done. I'm not saying that that's one that you should, because if you drafted LaMelo, you probably took him around the same time that JJJ went in drafts, probably actually a little bit sooner. So you're probably building your team around whatever he was good at. So that probably doesn't get it done. Uh, Bam Adebayo whose blocks are up this year, everything is kind of up for Bam right now. He's at 24. That probably gets it done. De'Aaron Fox, who's averaging 30 and a half points. That probably gets it done. Those are some options that you could throw out there. I think that would probably get you JJJ. Next name on the board. Damian Lillard and your eyes do not dece- deceive you YouTubers. He basically has the same trade profile right now as Jaron Jackson does, which seems a little bit nuts because Lillard probably got drafted a little bit sooner, but he's also been, I would argue, a bit worse or a bit uh, inconsistent is the word I'm looking for. Inconsistent enough to where people might be getting a bit more frustrated with him than they were with JJJ. So there's this balance. Yes, he got taken sooner. People, I think, are a little bit more frustrated. As far as Ninecat cat rank goes, he's almost right next to JJJ also. Dame is number 49, so he's like two or three slots behind Jaron Jackson, depending on what board you're looking at. Averaging only 23 points, 2.33 pointers, 4.3 boards, 4.8 assists, a steal, basically no blocks, 37% from the field, high volume 93% at the free throw line, and 2.9 turnovers. So here's the thing about Dame. He hasn't taken 15.9 shots per game in a season since 2013. First time in a decade he's been this low. Is that a guarantee that that number goes up? No, it's not. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. They have Giannis on that team. If Giannis ever misses a ball game again, which we saw he left during that Detroit game, Dame took 25 shots. So that is definitely on the table. But there's no guarantee that Dame gets more than 17 shots per game, especially when you figure he's getting these you know, 9, 10 free throws a night, that's still weighed into the usage stuff. But he's not going to go back to being what he was last year, which was 10 free throws and 21 shots in Portland. There's just not that much usage available in Milwaukee. He's shooting very poorly from everywhere. That's what you need to be focused on if you're thinking about a Damian Lillard situation. The assists will likely be lower this year. There's this this backwards way of thinking where people are like, oh, well, he's got Giannis on his team now, so he's going to get more assists. No, guys that get assists are the guys that have the ball to start a play. Damon's going to have the ball to start the play less in Milwaukee this year than he had in Portland last however many years. X, you fill in the number, and that, all of those answers are correct. So no, he's probably not getting back into the middle of the first round like he was when he was with the Blazers. And frankly, after watching the way things are going, I don't know that he gets into the front end of the second round. But mid to late second round still feels like a very easy target for Dame because right now he is a massive, massive field goal percent drag. 37 percent, 16 shots per game. He is one of the worst field goal percent guys in the NBA right at this exact moment. Third worst by weighted impact, I believe, behind Trey Young, who's similar percentage, but 19 shots, and Julius Randle, who is all world bad from the field so far this year, 34% on 17 shots per game. But that's not what Dame has been. At least not in recent history. If you go back far enough, he was in the you know, 42, 41, 43 range. But since 2019, he's pretty much been 45, 46, other than the abdominal half season where he shot 40%. Other than that, 44, 45, 46. And three-point percentage. I mean, if you want to look at field goal percent alone, he's shooting 27% from downtown so far this year. He's career 37 and when he's more open, you might even argue he's more like 39 or 40. Free throws, fine. That's all pretty standard. But again, we're making the adjustment for a thing that we feel very confident is going to change. And we know that when Lillard starts hitting his shots, and he's going to go on a freaking heater at some point here, so even better if you're buying low. He is, I believe, on his way inside the top 25 probably inside the top 20. So that's why I put 20 as the target range on the uh, slide that you're looking at on the YouTube screen. I think it's going to take more to get Dame than it's than it would to take JJJ, just because of name power. So I don't think that DeJounte Murray gets it done. Uh, I don't even know that Bam Adebayo gets it done, but I would certainly try it. Darren Fox might, because he's off to an insane start so far this year. And I think we can feel pretty comfortable he's not going to average 23 shots a game all season long. So the 30 and a half points probably starts to come back to earth. Uh, Would Desmond Bain get it done? Probably not. If you had gone with Paul George prior to the Harden arrival, that probably would have gotten it done. Uh, Larry Markkinen wouldn't be an insane person to throw out there because his block number is almost definitely going to slide steals. Probably also slide a little bit for marken If the other stuff mostly stays about the same, that'll drop him back towards the latter half of the second round. Um, and I know this is going to sound insane because you'd be giving up durability, but Anthony Edwards, who's kind of peaking out at around number 25 and nine cat right now, where the turnovers are maybe a little bit high, but, you know, free throw percent is way up, field goal percent is up, steals are good, scoring, threes, rebounds, assists, all that stuff is basically where you'd want it to be when you drafted Anthony Edwards, um, and now you just have to kind of hope the free throws hold with the turnovers coming down, that's the only way he moves forward, where Dame has a long way to jump forward. Probably could have gotten him for someone like Kawhi Leonard before the Harden trade, that probably won't get it done now, um, LaMelo Ball, I know I threw him out in the last one. I, I would rather have Damian Lillard than LaMelo Ball going forward um, because I don't think LaMelo's percentages really change all that much from where they are right now. Maybe he scores a little bit more. That would be the hope there, but uh, that team's, well, everybody's injured tonight as I record this podcast. No Gordon Hayward. Miles Bridges still not back yet. Terry Rozier's still out, but as they get healthy, he likely does similar or less to what Dame is doing Uh, LeBron would be someone I'd flip out there. He's had to do way more early this season because of three, four, eight Lakers being hurt. Um, If any of those guys you think would get you, Damian Lillard, I would venture to try it. Give it a go. Next name on the board, Freddie Van Vliet. So now we're moving down the list a little bit, and this one's a small buy low. This one's a very small buy low, but I think it's one that can be pulled off pretty easily because for Van Vliet, The downtick this year is not where everybody thought it was going to be. So remember, last season Van Vliet got 16.1 shots per game. This year, you want to know how many shots he's taken? 15.3. You want to know how many the assists year over year? Last season, 7.2. This year, 7.9. Yeah, I know. 19.3 points last year, 17.2 points this year. His free throws are actually down a tiny bit. That's the biggest uh, gap for him. Uh, But the threes are almost exactly the same. Again, the assists are up. Rebounds are ever so slightly down. But, you know, some of this stuff can level off over time. Field goal percent is within about 1% of last season. Where's the big gap for Freddie VanVleet? Steals. Last year, he was at 2.4 combined defensive stats. This year, he's at 0.9. Believe whatever you want about Freddy Van Vliet. He's always gotten steals. And we've seen, I believe, the thing that everybody was most concerned about was that he wasn't going to get to do as much stuff on a team that people were like, oh, well, they got all these gunners on offense. But Freddie's still getting his shots. Freddie get his. But what Freddie's not doing is getting steals. The last time he was under one steal per game was 2018. He only played 27 minutes per game that year, and he was still at .9. And the year before that, he was at .9 while playing 20 minutes a game, which is basically like the beginning of his real NBA career. Since he's played starters minutes, largely under Nick Nurse in Toronto, which I get everybody's sort of whacking away at steals, 1.9, 1.7, 1.7, 1.8. Maybe he doesn't get all the way into the ridiculously high ones in a different defensive sit- set in Houston under Ime Udoka, but he ain't going to be at 0.6. So this is a small buy low because folks might be looking at Van Vleet and thinking, oh, he's outside the top 50. What's going on with him? He's just not as good this year. But again, the tweak on steals, getting him from 0.6 to say 1.2 or something like that, that jumps him by a round and a half or even two rounds and everything else levels off. And that's the difference between last year and this year. You heard it. Everything else is almost exactly the same. And last year he was number 20, basically. What was the actual number? 19. And this year he's at 64. All because of basically, you know, one and a half defensive stats per game. That's going to trend up for him. He hasn't, like, lost so many steps that it can't come back. And I think you could get him for somebody who's ranked relatively close to him because I think people are like, oh, Freddie Van Vliet is like, 50 to 60 range guy this year. He's just not going to be that top 20 dude anymore. So look around, look at a drew holiday. Who's number 54. I think Freddie passes him on his way up the board. Uh, look at a, uh, uh some of these guys are not going to get it done. DeMar DeRozan, who's 45. And now Chicago's got all these, these trade things flopping around. He probably is an opportunity to, to net you Freddie Van Vliet. Um, Looking up the board, uh, I don't know if I'd go as high as Michael Porter Jr., who's off to a crazy good start this year. That might be an opportunity to be- to grab Tyler Hero if he wasn't hurt, so maybe as he gets closer to coming back, you could throw him in the mix. I don't think Tobias Harris is going to be enough to get it done, but obviously if he was, you would certainly do it. And if you look at guys that are behind Van Vliet on the board or really close to him, other names I would consider, Jalen Duran. You get out from where whatever this ankle stuff is. I love Jalen Duran, but the ankle stuff does actually concern me. Uh, who else is nearby Freddie Van Bleet that might get it done? Uh, not many of these guys, actually. So you probably have to look a little bit above him. Um, Keegan Murray's had two gigantic games in a row. That's a possibility. Asar Thompson, I'd hate to trade him away because he's been so fun so far, but that would probably get you Freddie Van Bleet. And so all of these guys are just going to get you like two rounds of value on a small buy low, but one that I still like. Uh, Player number four, do I have two more guys? Yeah, two more guys. Brooke Lopez. We've talked about him plenty on the show, the main episodes of the show, but let's get him in there. His nine nine cat rank is currently 97 uh, or 96, depending on where you're looking. Um, 10 points, four rebounds two threes over two blocks, 0.8 steals, shooting just 40.7% from the field and 67% at the free throw line. I know he doesn't take that many of them, but this is just not the Brook Lopez that we know is coming. Um, Yes, his usage is definitely down. But, you know, I'm not all that concerned about it because I think eventually you see his minutes creep up a little, one, maybe two minutes per ball game to get him back to kind of, you know, more like what he was his first season in Milwaukee, nine and some odd shots per game, even 45% from the field, which, by the way, would be somewhat surprising because since he's been healthy without a back issue in Milwaukee, he's shot 50 and 53% in those two seasons uh, since his shot profile became a little bit more two-pointer heavy. And this year, it's all three balls right now. That's why the field goal percent is down. Five of his eight and a half shots per game are from downtown they got to get him a little bit closer to the rim, but everything else is about where you'd want it. You know, almost two three-pointers a game, over two blocks per game. The steals number is solid. The rebounds are down, mostly because the minutes are down from last year, but I think between four and five was always kind of what we expected. Right now, the the big thing to look at is field goal percent again, although free throw number is also very low for him. He's a career 80 percenter, and I know, you know one to two th- free throws a game doesn't feel like a lot, but you remove what's been a small negative on his value and turn that into a neutral, and you take the field goal percent and take that negative out and turn it into a neutral, all of a sudden, he just it's like you don't even realize it's happening. He creeps up the board in little itty-bitty stages, and he goes from 90 to, or 95 to 65. That's all it takes is for him to get back near his career percentages, basically, to go from 90s to 60s. And then any small increase in usage over that is kind of the gravy. So I put the target rank of 75. I think he can beat that. But I also think that you can get him for less than that right now. So look around your board. Brook Lopez is in the 90s. There's some guys in the 90s that have more name power than Brook Lopez, but aren't going to move up the board the way that I think he is. Those are the guys you should be looking at. Like a Franz Wagner who's scoring 19 points per game. I don't think there's a whole lot going on there. Shaden Sharp has been putting up big scoring numbers, but his field goal percent is a drag. His turnovers are a drag. Uh, Maybe you hold on to Sharp because Portland goes into full tank mode, but you're kind of seeing full tank mode right now. Dude's already playing 40 minutes a ball game, which that ain't holding without him getting hurt. Uh, If you have Zach Collins, that's someone I would throw out to see if you could get Brooke Lopez. If you have John Collins, that's someone I would throw out to see if you could get Brooke Lopez for him. Even someone like a Dennis Schroeder would probably get it done because he's a big assist guy. People love assists and forget about blocks all the time. I think Brooke Lopez passes these guys over the next few weeks, and that's the way that you can potentially cash in on that. And here's our fifth and final. Oh, no, what happened? Where's my last one? Did I skip a person? Oh, for, for Pete's sake. Well, I have one more, and I seem to have misplaced the slide because apparently I'm a moron. What did I do with it? Ah, oh, I wrote over the slide. Oh, poor form, Dan. Well, the last slide that I didn't get a chance to put up uh, was Cam Johnson. So let me see if I can find him on Yahoo. We'll just share that screen and you guys can see Cam and his, his uh, face in very large font. Here we go. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. I'll get this act together here. All right, there's Cam Johnson. We'll just pull up his Yahoo page. He's averaging only 12 points, five boards, and an assist. So far this season, uh, his current rank is like 250 or something ridiculous like that, but we know that that's not going to stick. And that's that's what makes this so simple, is that he's shooting 36%, he's a career 45%er, he's shooting 29% from, from downtown on seven tries per game, he's a career 39%er from downtown, he's shooting 75% at the free throw line, he's 84% in his career, and... We just got news today that uh, Ben Simmons is likely out for we don't even really know how long. Also, Cam Johnson, uh, when he plays 30-some-odd minutes a game, he's like a 1.2, 1.3 steals per game kind of guy, and right now he's at .7. He also hasn't blocked a shot yet in the only three games he's played. So expect an uptick in minutes, expect an uptick in blocks, steals, not assists or rebounds those are fine uh free throw percent threes and field goal percent his whole game almost is hasn't equilibrated yet and i get it people are probably not going to be all that inclined to trade him away because if they sat if they drafted him they sat on him during this early season injury they're probably going to want to see what they're going to get out of him however there may be a little bit of fear that he's not going to get to 60s or wherever they drafted him and so if you can pry Cam Johnson for some of those players we were talking about in the Brooke Lopez range, you do it like a Shaden Sharp or a Franz Wagner or even a Brooke Lopez himself, although he's not really exactly a sell high right now. Um, other names that you could consider, I mentioned John Collins, KCP is probably not going to get it done. Schroeder, um, D'Angelo Russell would be an interesting one because we've seen the Lakers kind of go away from him down the stretch. Mike Conley, if that would get it done. Uh, Draymond Green, who is not going to shoot 89% at the free throw line. There are a lot of names right now that I think could get you Cam Johnson. Jonas Valanciunas would be a great one because he's averaging one and a half blocks per game so far this year. That ain't going to stick. Aaron Gordon, who's shooting 55% from the field and has two and a half defensive stats. A lot of these guys are on their way down. If we were to do a sell high show, wink, wink, nod, nod. That's a guy you could pair up to go get yourself Cam Johnson and basically steal like a sixth-round draft pick for someone that was a late pick or even a waiver wire grab at this point. So if somebody's getting sick of him, that's the way you go. Uh, Someone in the chat room says Cam Johnson looks slow. Yeah, it's because he hasn't been healthy yet this year. That's the perfect time to get him. You know, he's folks can see it on their screen. He's 27 years old. He's in his prime. I promise you he's not slowing down yet. He just hasn't gotten his legs underneath him. What did he play? Two games, got hurt, uh, and then came back and and had a game where, what? What did he play his last time? We, or he played one game, got hurt, and then came back, played 25 minutes, and then 35 minutes, and his shot is all over the place. But he got steals in that first game of the year, and he hasn't had one since. All this stuff is going to come around for him. We know enough about his game to know what's up. And again, with no Ben Simmons around, that's just more for everybody. So have at it, ladies and gentlemen. And that is uh, me forgetting to make that last slide. I want to keep the show to a half an hour, which is basically where we're at right now. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. There was no promo in the middle of the show, but I am going to remind you all here at the end to please do check out what we got going on over on social at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. If you like this stuff, please keep hitting subscribe, especially new folks that are checking us out for the first, second time. If you've been watching it for a while, I don't know why you haven't subscribed. Perhaps maybe I phrased that promo foolishly. But again, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, please do hit that subscribe button. That's a big one for us. Uh, That's what drops it into the algorithm. The like button always helps. Every little thing you guys do is really significant for us because we're still not all that big, especially on YouTube. Podcast is pretty large. That's been going for a long time, but we've really only been doing the YouTube thing consistently for less than a year now. Um, so that one needs you guys to kind of put your elbow into it and we'll grow that sucker together again. I'll see you guys over on social media at Dan Vespers back tomorrow. We'll recap the big Tuesday card and, uh, we'll see what else we got up our sleeves. Go get some at manscaped with promo code ethos 20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com until the morrow. Good friends.